and a welcome back to the Pinstripe Podcast. Scotty, what's up? Um, meh, not feeling cash money the last two days, a little under the weather, but I just still bored. I just still no baseball. A, I just got over a little bit of a coughing illness, not COVID, tested negative two times. Thank you very much. But um, I, I agree. There's definitely a little bug going, going around. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a rough week. Taylor Swift drops Taylor's version of Red. How can you do that to me? Adele's dropping her album tomorrow. How can you do that to me? But let's get into baseball. Um, so we talked about it last week, what we we're going to do this week. Um, to give you the, the rundown of what we're doing here, we're going to talk about our pitchers because a big question mark for us is that fifth starter sort of situation and what our starting rotation is going to look like. Um, and then we're going to get into some, some league stuff, obviously um, some awards went out last night, Wednesday night, they pick, I know this is, I don't mean to go off on this tangent, but why are we giving out awards at six o'clock on a Wednesday night? Like what? That's almost as bad as I'm pretty sure they did rookie of the year during Monday night football. That, they like, did do it Monday night at like six, same clock at the same time, like six o'clock. So they're doing it at six o'clock on Monday. Manager was Tuesday at six o'clock. Cy Young's at six was six o'clock last night. And then I don't know what is tonight. I think MVP's tonight. I think MVP's tonight. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. Like yeah, let's do MVP so, o'clock on a Thursday. Yeah, during Thursday night football. Yeah, I don't, and I understand. Not, I think it's actually right before it, so I don't think it's that bad. I get that you think that fo- that baseball is like kingpin to all these but you do have to understand that cable networks fucking love football and they will crush but anyway we'll get to that a little bit later as we talk about some things going on around the league but obviously this year I think pitching caught us all off guard by probably being our strength I think this year do you agree yeah, I think it's funny because I've seen a lot online from other people, and other people are like, oh, no, our pitching was awful. We wouldn't have lost so many games because of our pitching. No, we said this the whole time. We would have lost – we would have won a lot more games if we could score more than four runs, score exactly. more than two runs. Like, that was really what was the kicker. And we went we went over this almost the entire year. The reason Jordan Montgomery didn't look like a good pitcher is because he never had runs backing him up. Justice for Jordan Montgomery justice for that man um but yeah again like we don't want to sound like a broken record but our offense should have been one that could handle having two three even four runs put up against them and i don't think that that was really an issue that we faced a whole lot yes tyone when he first um kind of joined the club was a little shaky monty had some rough starts but you can't overlook Cole having bad starts. You can't, and I think that sometimes we get a little jaded that we are, especially this year, I felt like people were so quick to criticize Tyone and criticize Montgomery and say, it's okay with Cole. But let's go through our rotation, starting with Garrett Cole. I, I know I was annoyed, and I said it on here, about him starting the wild card game. I didn't, I wasn't too keen on it, but that's not because I don't trust him as a pitcher. It was simply because as soon as you saw him with the hamstring issue, he was a different pitcher, which makes sense. So I wanted to clear that up. I still trust Garrett Cole with my life, but I would not have started him in the wild card game. I think that he deserved more than one first place vote for AL Cy Young but I mean it again it's a big thing of how they ended this season and I know going into this season and how our team is set up Cole was supposed to be the guy that started the wild card game and everybody looked at him but he ended on two very poor games pitching wise and I think that that's not something you can really risk at and we had a ton of people who were doing a lot better at that time I mean, first Tyone was out of the question because he pitched the last day. But you had 
people, Kluber and honestly Nestor, I think both of them, I think it might've been on shorter rest, but they still were very much, you know, people who have pitched better at that moment. And again, not can't be shitting on Garrett Cole because he was a Cy Young contender and in some ways put up better numbers than Robbie Ray, um, which people love to look at. He put, he put up a better, uh, basically every stat except for the ones that Ray led, which was strikeouts, innings, and ERA. Those are the only like three big stats that Ray led over Cole, but those are the important stats and that's what they look at. And, um, you know, I, I think that, of course, you look again and with how he ended the year, everybody's going to go and shit on him for the whole sticky substance stuff because that happened the first year and then he after uh, the first half of the year and then he started doing poorly and then he started picking it up a bit and he started doing poorly again. And so all the people are going to look at are the poor stats there. I feel like, and, and I might be wrong. I feel like his first two starts post sticky stuff crackdown were bad, right? We all know that, but then very soon after the sticky stuff situation was his like one hitter against Houston when he was literally on an IV drip the night before. So like, yeah. And I mean, listen, I think every pitcher in the league was probably affected by the sticky stuff breakdown, obviously not as dramatically as like a Tyler glass now who went and blew out his UCL, but like everyone was affected by it and you can like shit on it all you want, but it was what they were doing. Um, But that game against Houston, like, it just reminds me of, like, the Michael Jackson, like, flu game. Like, that was – that was hey, really, like, really – Hey, 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 who who had the flu game? Did I say Michael Jackson again? Every you time. Michael Jackson again. Every time. I don't know why. I don't know why either. I'm confused. Michael Jordan. <laughs> Thank you, because I would not have caught that. I was just like, la, 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 la. <laughs> It reminds me of the Michael Jordan flu game. Um, but obviously, like, I, I wouldn't want anybody else. I w- the only other person I think I would give a 320-something million contract to would – no, because I don't like his age. Never mind. I'm going to retract my statement. I'm sticking with Garrett Cole. I was thinking about offering Max Scherzer – but he is older. He's old as shit. He's old as hell. <laughs> he's old as hell. He's old. He's very, very good, of course. Very, very good. But he's he's getting up there in age. Man does have four Cy Youngs under his name, though. Yeah, instead of, like, five top five finishes. That's not his fault. Well, it is his fault, but it's not his fault. <laughs> um, Jameson Tyone. We... I think the reason that so many people were, were worried about the pitching going into this year was that we had the two big question marks of Tyone, who hadn't pitched in two years, and Corey Kluber, who was old and also had not pitched in a year. And, I mean, listen, there was the one game against Philly that I don't think Tyone got out of the first inning. Right? You remember that? No, I don't. But I think that makes sense. It was... It was not good. You're like, God, against all teams on the entire planet, it's against the Phillies. Like, But you also couldn't expect him to come off of Tommy John and literal cancer and be able to, like, be right back into, like, striking people out. Um, so I think that he did eventually fall into place. He won what? july picture of the month i think it was july it was july or august and oh yeah it's literally in my notes i'm an idiot i'm literally looking at it um yeah he <laughs> won picture of the month in july after going 4-0 with a 116 era 182 batting average against and 25 k's and 31 innings pitch obviously that's just one month but i mean still he managed a 430 era I think that he – I think his, his middle chunk of the season, and, and correct me if you think I'm wrong here, his middle chunk of the season was his best work. He wasn't quite ready. Oh, yeah. And he didn't quite have the endurance to get all the way through the end of the year. 
But I think that sweet spot in the middle, which hopefully he'll be able to maintain for longer and start earlier because he had his ankle surgery and is set to be ready before spring training. So he should be able to get all of his preseason work done. Um, but I think that Jameson Tyon was a happy surprise. What were your thoughts on him this year? Yeah, I mean, again, a lot of people and like even us were really kind of disappointed in how it started because he really didn't start off the year pitching well. But I don't think, again, people have to realize that he did just come off of 700 days without pitching. And so he wasn't going to be as good as he can be. Um, I think that it's important that, you know, we look at that middle. And again, he got hurt at the end of the year. So it's not something we can really full on, you know, just judge off the end of the year. I think that he's good in where he was. And I think he'll be better next year because, again, now he, he's back in the groove. He now knows how he's doing, how he's playing, remembers how to pitch. And, you know, I, I think that, as we said, July pitcher of the month, he had like a a one eight ERA or something like that. Like he had a mad ERA that month and he was pitching so well for us. And I mean, of course, you're not going to see that every month, but that really showed the potential that he did have. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. That was a question mark and a risk that I'm kind of glad we took. I, I were Corey Kluber. I have him a little bit farther down the list just because we don't know. He's obviously a free agent right now, so he's not on the team at the current moment. So I think that we can have a bit more of a discussion about that. But Tyone was a, a risk that I was kind of glad we ended up taking. Um, I mean, at first, I think when we first saw the yes. rumor, Scotty, we were like, ugh, what the heck, right? He's a free agent. Ty, uh, Kluber? Oh, Kluber. I thought you were still talking about Tyone. Yeah, no, no, no Kluber no. is. Um, but, like, I think when we were first seeing the Tyone rumors, we were like, what the heck? But that's because he was also coming in as a package deal with Josh Bell. I don't know if you remember those rumors. No, that was too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty's like, it's gone. It's gone. But like originally it was like coming as a package deal that it would be Josh Bell and Jameson Tyone. And then eventually Bell was dropped and it was just Tyone. But then that's when you got like the whole story of like him and Garrett Cole were friends and whatever. But like, yeah, I do remember that much. I don't, I didn't remember the whole Josh Bell. That part was bookmarked. Scotty tossed the Josh Bell news way out way quick. Um, but I am excited to see, to see what he can do in the future. Jordan Montgomery I think that he has been given so much shit for no reason. I saw a tweet the other day and I wish I freaking saved it, but he has so many similarities to Andy Pettit's career as a Yankee. The only difference is that Andy Pettit has more postseason wins, but that's simply because Andy Pettit spent more time in the postseason with the Yankees. But, I think that he is a super solid four or five starter. I think that everyone's got to get off his ass because it's not. We need a lefty. Yeah, we need a lefty. And it's not his fault that the offense shits the bed the second he steps on the mound. Yeah, I mean, he's rolled in with, uh, I mean, his career is a solid 4.01 ERA, which is not amazing, but is one of his better. um, Last year was one of his better ERA years. Um, same thing, strikeouts. This year was his best strikeout year, putting up 162. Only 51 walks, which, again, is, is great. The strikeout-to-walk ratio is 3.2, so you can get out, an, get out of an inning without even going and having to worry about a walk, which is always amazing to see. Um, And just, again, as we said, he, you know, just had a rough backing behind him throughout this year we always went over it games really were never all that much blown out um his last one was the biggest one he gave up seven runs in two and two thirds but most of them one start yeah one earned one earned there's like a five and a three in there but a lot of them were relatively low and especially relatively reasonable reasonable for our offense to be able to go and win I mean, two of them. One of them was uh, he went five and two thirds, let up one earned run, and we ended up losing to Baltimore. 
Yes. Another one, four and two thirds, one earned run, lost Baltimore again. Like those are the games that you can't, like, you can't lose. Especially um, things like this. Um, I mean, six innings, three earned. Six innings, two, six and two thirds inning, three earned is pretty reasonable. Very good. Six innings. We scored zero in both those games and lost four to nothing to the Red Sox and the Mariners. We put up zero like that. We're not going to win games. You can't win games yeah. putting up zero. That's exactly what I was going to say. You can't win if you don't score any runs. The pitcher can try all he wants to not give up runs, but when you give them no run support, it makes it even harder to not give up runs. And it's because even harder on the pitcher on the mound. It doesn't yeah. make him feel better. No, it does not. And obviously, like, it wasn't on purpose. We weren't purposely scoring runs on Cole starts versus not scoring runs on Montgomery starts. But logically, I don't, I don't even want to say logically, but, like, going into a game, you have to know that Garrett Cole is most likely, unless it's the wild card game, going to give up less runs than Jordan Montgomery or Jamison Tyone is going to give up. You just have to know that. And you have to, I don't know, I feel like you should change your approach at the plate a little bit of like, we need to score runs, whether it be home runs, whether, whether it be scrappy little singles, stealing bases, your offensive approach, I think should, I mean, I think you should always be trying to score the most runs possible. Obviously I'm not stupid, but I think that there should be like an added, like little bit of aggressiveness when you know that the pitcher on the mound is probably going to give up a little bit more runs than another one. Is that crazy? Is that silly of me to think? I think everything you say is absurd. No, I'll just... <laughs> I don't know why the fuck I talk to you. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's... Like, it's just how the offense works. And I mean, I, I think, our whole situation is like we got to put the best lineup out on a cold day because we got to make sure you win the cold days. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, well, there's Montgomery days. You, you we said, still oh, Montgomery oh, should not lose to the Orioles. The Yankees and even at that point, to the Orioles. That's factual. Nobody should ever lose to the Orioles. No. Um, but like the 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 way that it works should just be that um, you know, we sh- we should have a team, and we do have a team that should be good enough to put up runs on any day, whatever lineup we put out, we had the lineup to be able to go and do the, if, that, and we, and we didn't. If we can put up seven runs against Shane Bieber, nobody during his Cy Young year, like not just during any year, during his Cy Young year, there should, with a very similar offense that we have right now, there should be no issue with putting up runs against some nobody on the Baltimore fucking Orioles. <laughs> make it make sense. I don't know. But all I say, and I stand by it, is justice for Jordan Montgomery. Next up, Louis Severino. Could you please just spend the whole year pitching? That's all I want. All we need. Um, yeah. And again, I think that he's going to go into the starter role now. That's where he's supposed to be. He just wanted to go. They wanted to get him innings this past season because he was coming off of Tommy John. And so I and think that thing, once the other thing and the other thing and the other thing, and then he just started absolutely balling out in the bullpen. Um, and uh, blah, 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 blah. the arm barn, the arm. No, <laughs> my, my friend did a segment on our show and he was like, it is a unbiased good name. Like it is unironically a good name. It's an alliteration. And now I can't stop saying it, even though I was like, oh God, it's stupid. But now I can't stop calling it the arm barn. You see, I'm the complete opposite. I am so used to saying bullpen that I don't think about it. Um, but Sorry, yeah, I mean, again, go back to what Severino did this year. Um, he appeared in four games, had six innings, and didn't allow a run. He had a zero ERA throughout those six innings. Yeah, those six innings, eight Ks, you know. Again, small sample size, but for a guy that just came off of Tommy John specifically yeah. and a strain um, groin. groin, that's really good. Only let two hits. I got to see Luis Severino um, throw a part, like 
be included in a no hitter. Yeah. The man is ready. We saw <laughs> like it, it, it's just I do have one request though, Scotty. When we go home, I need you to take the Louis Severino poster down. Scotty put up a Louis Severino poster in his room. And what, like two months later? What what year? I'm gonna I'm gonna find the exact date that I had this up. It was a one of the Septembers. Um and I just forget which one, whichever one I went to the Yankee game. Um hmm. This thing has been in my in my room for a while now, but I mean Luis Severino has also been uh Kurt for a while now. Oh, was it right. in August? That's what it was. It's in August. August of what year? I'm gonna say, and I'm looking right. 2019. Uh, I love to say it was 2019. I'm having issues finding it though. Yeah, because I'd love to say it was 2019. Severino underwent Tommy John surgery in the spring of 2020 and had not pitched in a game for the Yankees since the 2019 season. So I'm not blaming it on Scotty putting up the post. Don't worry. I was blaming it on me. But um, I am a very um, superstitious person. So that poster better be shredded, taken off the wall, get it out of there. We don't need that. We don't need that bad energy. Um, but I am very excited to see Severino back in the starting role because he is just a monster. He is a beast. And I think that him and Garrett Cole as a one-two punch, bang. Yes. Now the question um, is, are we going to run with a fifth starter? I'd assume we're going to run with a fifth starter. Who is it, right? I've got some a few names here that we can toss out. It was 2018, actually. I'm oh, sorry, I found it. It was 2018. You got a whole year in. Okay, okay. <laughs> right, so with this fifth starter... Are we going to re-sign Corey Kluber? Are we going to bring up and put him in the starting role, Luis Heel, Nestor Cortez, Michael King, Domingo, Gar- Domingo Herman? What the hell happened to Davey Garcia? I think that these are all, all people that are, are possibilities. Scotty, what are your thoughts what on if Corey we- Kluber? I think he was great. I mean, you can't hate a guy who went and put up a no-hitter, first of all. No. Can't hate it. And we talked about this a bunch. We've talked about this a bunch, especially recently. He is a guy for our team that not a lot of other people have. He's just that junk pitcher. So and awesome. we, we, it helped us so much, especially with Cole. Cole, you go into looking at the Yankees and you see Cole and you're like, oh, God, this guy – pumps this thing at 101 miles per hour through seven innings. And then you'll go the next day and see Kluber not touched 93. I mean, he does, but like, that was just an exaggeration, but like just having that. And we explained it when we did the blue Jays game, we explained it a lot. When we talk about Corey Kluber, he's just such a junk pitcher that messes with teams. And it's so useful to have that. There. But there are a lot of other like there are a lot of good pitchers as well that we have on the team and free agency. Exactly. And it's like how much right? Yes, you can't hate a guy who threw a no-hitter. I'm not angry at him for throwing a no-hitter. But he's older. He got hurt again this year for an extended period of time. Do we want to move towards a more younger, more athletic staff? I I, lo- I liked the signing of Corey Kluber. I know a lot of people were like, eh, I don't know. I liked it. And then I agree. The the juxtaposition between him and Cole and now him and Severino, if they're both on the team together, would be really, really good. But is it what we're looking for? Because you have Luis Heal, who actually, let's not even talk about, let's not, let's not even get into minor league players Nestor Cortez was this year a fluke does he have it because I think that Nestor works as in in so many different pieces he can work as a short-term starter like as an opener he can also work as a reliever but I really think that he is a big part of what worked in this rotation I know he's a little funky with his like whatever he does in his delivery. But I think that he really worked as a pitcher. I don't think 
I think that he would be better as an opener or a reliever. But what are your thoughts on nasty motherfucking Nestor? I mean, of course, he did great. Um, but I think that I'm going along with you. He did really well in that starter position, but it was never really for a, a long time. I mean, I don't think he ever exceeded five innings. I don't think um, he, he had a few games where he, he did hit six a few times. Most of those games actually went a little more downhill after those six games or after those, after like the sixth inning. Um, I just think he really has found his placement. I think him in the game actually gave us a lot more of a lighthearted, like lighthearted kind of took a lot of the pressure off he because he was out there. Yeah, he was he was out there throwing loose, and yeah. he you know had the thing where he throw a slider sidearm, you know, just kind of have that little change to the Yankees, and I mean it fit really well. I mean he went from this reliever position. Also, I didn't know he wasn't on our team last year. I knew we had him in 2019 because I remember he I was. I have not wearing... been able to follow his career at all. I don't know what's going on in it. I thought he was always been on our team because I saw the video in 2019 when we were in England and he pitched and he like gave up a home run during one of the games. Because, but like, I didn't know we got rid of him and got him back. Um, so like, yeah, he's been in the re- uh, reliever position a ton. First time that he really was put in the starter position. He had 14 starts this year. He had two the other three years of his career. So, like, you know, again, best ERA, a 2.9 ERA this year. This man really stepped it up. And I think it's a mix of, Thank you, you know, who we approach, what he prefers. And, like, I think that he's really shown himself as – a person who can literally do anything for us. So I think that they're like, hey, we don't really care because we'll find a spot for you, whatever happens with us. Yeah. Uh, Nestor has said that he's like, any if they want me to start, I'll start. If they want me to relieve, I'll relieve. But I agree. I think that him and this next guy I'm going to talk about, long-term, longer-term reliever, I think is a better form because I agree. I think Nestor, I don't think he ever threw over 60 pitches. And if he did, those were like the games that did not go well after that point. Um, But another one that I think that we need to keep in mind, but keep him out of the starting rotation is Michael King. Yes. hundred percent. I want to make sure that we're, I don't think anybody can possibly disagree with that. Like he is, he is so good, but not as a and then we went, let's start him. <laughs> and then he it just didn't work. It didn't work, which is fine, but it didn't work. I think that our best prospect option is Luis Heel. Mm-hmm. Like Clark Schmidt was our top pitching prospect forever. Don't know what happened to him. He just like he at spring training hurt he hurt his elbow and then we just never heard from him again. He threw a few relief patriots. Yeah. But, like, there was never clear, like, progress to start. it. You had a start in the game. Later in the year? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, it, it was, I don't know. I think that he'll, he'll has this confidence to him, this, this swagger. I just, I think that he... Heel, I really think, is like the future of our pitching rotation. Yeah, I think that he he again showed a lot of potential, threw hard, had very good stuff. He went through whatever longest term five games or whatever without like letting up. What was it? An, a, a run? I think a run. Um, and then yeah, it was like whatever four starts of six more innings or whatever the heck. Um, but. Again, big thing, as we said, when it first all happened, he approached the problem that everybody knew was going to happen. He just lost accuracy. Yeah. And I think that that's, you got spring training. And now if he's with the team, that will really, I think, boost the coaching a lot more there. Um, and that's really all he, he needed to do. Because again, he was extremely good, threw extremely hard and pitched extremely well. He just had those five games and then quickly lost his stuff. So as long as he can kind of stay in that, in that position where, you know, he 
can just throw accurately, maybe knock it down a bit. You know, you don't have to always throw a hundred miles an hour. Just if you're not having the day, you just knock it down a bit and get it in the zone. And I think that's really all that he needs. And I mean, he, again, he showed a lot of potential, shows a lot of potential being the future, a lot of emotion brings a lot to the team. And I just think that's probably the, that one thing that we need from him. But I, I, again, I really like what he's looking like. Yeah. I think it's, we've talked about it. He's 22. Like he's a young guy and it just like all happened at once. I agree that I think if he gets a full spring training under his belt, like with the, like Matt Blake and the rest of the pitching staff, I think that he can really be set up. And I know that people are going to think, oh, give him one more year, give him one more year. I think sometimes we sit on prospects too long. And it's just like, like what happened to Davey Garcia? He had a terrible year this year. What happened? And I'm afraid, I don't, I don't know. Am I afraid to sit on heel too long? And then something happens because he's not with like the people that are going to be making him better. I don't know, but like, I remember like this time last year or like most of last year, we were talking about like, why we're struggling with pitching. Why aren't we using Debbie Garcia? What happened to him this year? He had a terrible ERA. He could not get out of innings. And it's just like, eventually you need to just like bite the bullet and bring them up. And I think that heel is probably our most ready. I think. Oh yeah. Easily. Easily. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, do we want to get into awards? We got a bit of awards to go through. Okay. I agree. Get into it, Scotty. All get- right. So to start it off. And again, I don't, think that this happened in the last episode um i don't remember now what point we had did we go over judge being a silver slugger i don't believe so well look at that i spoiled it um yeah i mean if you follow our instagram you would have found out as well would have found out the stats too uh i mean judge went and put up an extremely good year. A 39 home runs, 98 RBIs. He was just a beast of an outfielder. And I mean, they choose three outfielders kind of for any of them. And Judge very much stood out from all others. All right. Well, this is something that we kind of, I'll cut in now. Um, kind of forgot about for the moment. Um kind of passed our mind because honestly i don't see it as uh, overly major of a thing um but we fired um all of our coaches all of our coaches basically um but phil nevin was our third base coach and we now just hired um former mets manager um luis rojas Rojas has been with the Mets for like his entire career. He was coaching with them for a while, got manager for two years, and then they just fired him. And the Mets did just pick somebody up. Did they just pick somebody up or they're just talking to somebody? They just got rid of Noah Syndergaard. Oh, they did that as well. We'll get into that. We'll get into that later. But yeah, again, I think third base coach is really like, I mean, of course, it's important, but not something you can overly judge down. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here. can't be like, I hate this. Yeah, I'm not going to sit <laughs> here and analyze Luis Rojas. I'm sure, I think a lot of the times your third base coach is sometimes also your infield coach. At least, like, that's what, like, uh, Washington is with the Braves. He's also their infield coach. But, I mean, the issue, I think, with the Mets has never been their third base coaching. Everything else. It's just like, been their ability to finish Season. Yeah, it's just it's just been their ability to finish the season exactly. So I don't finish I, I don't anything. finish anything. Finish a game, finish a season, find a manager, finish anything. <laughs> general manager. I think they finally <laughs> found a GM. I think they did. Um <clears throat> but yeah, we it just totally slipped my mind. Thank you for bringing that up. But awards. Uh yeah, so Silver Slugger. Um for some reason I don't have NL silver sluggers, which is weird, but I can go and 
find that and have a second. So to start off with the AL, of course, Aaron Judge is out there for outfield. Shared in outfield is Teoscar Hernandez and Cedric Mullins. Of course, Cedric Mullins makes sense. He had a 30-30 year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as we said, 39 home runs for Judge. Uh, again, really a very similar lineup to what the All-Star game was. DH, Shohei Otani, because um, you're not going to have a pitcher in the AL, uh, or really either league, I think. I know you do have a pitcher in the uh, NL, but for DH, you can be Shohei Otani, makes sense. Salvador Perez for catcher, again, leading home runs, makes sense. Vladdy Guerrero for at first, Marcus Simeon at second, Rafi Devers at third, Xander Bogarts at short. Literally just the cast. Very <laughs> interesting because I feel like Xander Bogarts had a a weaker offensive year this year than he's had in the past. Call me crazy. But I don't know if there's I really felt like many others in the AL. Yeah. Offensively yeah. I mean, you're not going to. Oh, I think Glaber Torres wins a silver slugger. Jesus Christ. Can't can't have Franco wasn't for long enough to do anything. Yeah, he's probably like, not. His, like Franco's only competition was probably what? Correa? Correa. But again, both of them. I mean, Correa had a better defensively, which we'll get to second as well. But like, Offensively, Burrits did have it, did have the best year. Yeah. Um, but to go over to the NL, uh, outfielders again, honestly, very predictable. Bryce Harper out and right. Juan's, um, well, again, not position oriented. They're kind of general because Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, and Juan Soto were the three outfielders. Again, makes total sense. Again, MVP caliber of Juan Soto and Bryce Harper out there still fighting for that MVP spot. Uh, around the infield, catcher Buster Posey, RIP. I was thinking I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> First baseman, Freddy motherfucking Freeman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ozzy Albies at second, Austin Riley at third, Fernando Tatis at short. And then that pitcher, Max Freed. Max Fucking Freed. yes, Max Freed. Max Freed is for the girls. Honestly, again, I was gonna say that Ozzy Albies is a tough is a tough pick, and I honestly think it is. I think him and Cronenworth both could be very, very competitive for that spot. But that entire Braves field infield was insane. I think that Ozzy Albies left-handed and right-handed splits are very similar, which I think is the most impressive of it all. His, and I might be getting this backwards. I think originally his left-handed swings were significantly better than his right-handed swings. So they were going to just keep him as a lefty, but then he worked with Chipper Jones in the off season, really balanced out his ability to hit from both sides of the plate, which I think might've helped is that he was really, really effective and similar from both sides. Yeah. And so, yeah, again, the whole Braves and field, Kind of makes sense. They all all right, all right. Uh, Dansby Swanson, though he didn't make the cut. Yeah, he didn't make it. But Tatis made it, which also makes sense because he was in leading. Yeah, one of the leaders in home runs in the NL. Yeah, that's a that's a tough tough spot to fight with, buddy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, again, very kind of self explanatory. Silver Sluggers are pretty simple. I'm convinced because Max Fried also won the Gold Glove for the. Uh, National League pitchers. I think they're just like, yeah, he's like the most athletic out of anybody over here. So we're just gonna give Gumby. it. To Gumby is a stick man. Is the most athletic. Whoa. Okay, Rude. you can't say I'm wrong. He looked in the World Series when he was running over to first. He looked like just sling. Like even when he pitches, he just like slings his limbs around and it works. <laughs> Again, I'm not gonna say I can't say. Like, what are you gonna be like? National League Silver Slugger, Max Scherzer. <laughs> like, how mad! Like, I think, I think your only competition would be like maybe Marcus Stroman. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, saw, it could be Degrom if you played the whole year. Yeah, I saw Marcus Stroman. Like, was really weird on Twitter the other day, but someone tweeted like his offensive highlights. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> Because, like, he actually, like, had a lot with the Blue Jays, but whatever. Moving on. Um, Platinum Globes were also announced. So, the best of the best defensively for the NL and the AL. For the NL, it was Nolan Arenado. As it should be. Forever and ever and ever and ever. I think, again, 
it was solid this year if i remember it wasn't like i mean he, of course he did extreme but it might be that he was so normal in the way that he was so good that i didn't really realize it i also think you know when he was on the rockies no offense he was the best thing he in was the only thing they had so the only time that you heard about the rockies was you hearing about nolan arenado no one Arenado on the Cardinals is surrounded by talent. So yeah. I'm not saying that the, the playing field is now level, but the gap between him being really, really, really good and his teammates is a little smaller because the talent level on the Cardinals is a bit higher than on the Rockies. Yeah. So um, I think that's why, because I agree, but, yeah. but he's still probably oh, yeah. the best I mean, obviously, he's won third multiple base. platinum gloves, but he's probably the best third baseman in the league. Yeah. And then for the AL, it was Carlos Correa. Again, that's kind of explained why he didn't get the silver sluggers because he's been elite on defense, always been elite on defense. His arm strength is insane. It, he will whip a casual grounder as hard as he can over to first. Um, please don't come to the Yankees. Screw you. Is it because of the Derek Jeter comment? It's because of the Jerry Jeter comment. And listen, they were out of pocket. I also – I'm not going to sit here and try to defend him because that's silly, goofy. But I think he was talking about it in the sense of, like, analytics-wise, he would not have won. But also, just shut the fuck up. Just because he's literally – he's also said in the past that he grew up – like, man literally- what he grew up watching Derek Jeter and wanting to play shortstop like Derek Jeter. So I don't know where that comment comes from. And I'm just like, sir, you're not helping yourself. Um, but we're going to, since we have all-star bunny tonight, um, I do want to mention all-star Vlad, Jr., Vlad Jr. stats. He is all-star voting. All-star MVP, MVP <laughs> voting. My bad. Um, like you're Vlad Jr. has become the youngest player ever to win a silver slugger at first base, win the Hank Aaron Award, lead the MLB in all-star votings, win the all-star game MVP, and record three home runs and seven RBIs in a game. And not win MVP. And not win MVP. You can add to that. It is heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. Because, God, all you want to do is give it to this man because he deserves it. But if you're taking taking the term most valuable player, literally, it has to be Shohei Otani. Yeah. Um, So in the other real awards, I'll say the real, real awards, we had rookie of the year, manager of the year, and Cy Young go on this week um, up to this point. Start off, I didn't realize rookie of the year, how – accurate these things are like most of the time like rookie of the year like okay you had a good one year and like you'll see a bunch of players who get rookie of the year and then fall off every single player so these are since 2011 the national league has had craig kimball bryce harper jose fernandez jacob Degrom, chris bryant Corey seager cody bellinger ronald cunha jr pete alonzo devin williams all still studs except for jose fernandez RIP. you didn't need to do it uh that's a real r.i.p though um and then the one person that i didn't know al starting pitcher for Tampa bay rays in 2011 jeremy heckelson yeah hellickson never i haven't heard of him but mike trout will myers jose abreu carlos correo michael fulmer aaron judge shoya tani jordan alvarez kyle lewis all names that are still very relevant today Mm-hmm. So I have realized how like accurate rookie of the year, and I guess how how it works for baseball so much better than really any other sport. Yeah, I was gonna say I think it's every other sport, like especially like I think you see it in basketball a lot that a guy will have a good rookie season, and then the next year you're just like, what the fuck happened? But yeah, well, to add to those two lists, the um the NL rookie of the year was Jonathan India. And of course, neither of us are very surprised. No one's end. surprised was absolutely locked in and for the ALs Randy Rosarina and I'm not going to say the text that I sent you um you see Jared Carabas's tweet no I don't need to see like, 
He was like, I'm so glad after his seventh year in the majors, Rangers <laughs> Arena won Rookie of the Year. What was yeah, exactly that. He did have a whole like year and a half, basically, to win Rookie of the Year, but not really something. It's just how, how the rules work about it. Um, but quickly keep moving on. Uh, manager of the Year, again, nobody is very surprised for the NL Manager of the Year, Gabe Kepler of the Giants. Getting together some senior citizens to play some ball. 107 wins. Not something you can really go against. Manager of the year for the AL was Kevin Cash. Again, I don't know about this one. It. I don't know, but I also kind of understand it. Like, they Again, led, he he led the team to, what, a, a team high over 100 wins or, like, the first time they've had yeah. something. But you had a team that essentially – I don't, I mean, other than losing Tyler Glass now, I'm also like moving around a lot and I'm sorry. I'm like really antsy for some reason. Um, You have a very similar team that went all the way to the World Series last year. Yeah. And now you didn't. Versus, and I know that this is a Yankee podcast, but versus Alex Cora, who took a team that was nowhere close to playoff contention last year at all. Same exact team took him them this year and brought them within, like, one game of the World Series. Or break so, it down, take Cora out, um, Seattle's head coach as well. Yeah! Very same situation. A team that wasn't supposed to be good. And although they didn't make the playoffs, they were a game away from making the playoffs. And so, they, like... They took it down to game 162, and I... I, I know you're kind of going to sit here and be like, oh, well, the Red Sox and, this, and the Mariners, you're going to start considering playoff contention, and it doesn't include playoff contention. But I don't – Kevin Cash can manage at the Rays because he can manage Rays baseball. I don't think you could put Kevin Cash on a team like the Angels and get a successful product. I think you could put – as much as I don't think Boston's ever going to get rid of Alex Cora, but I think you could put Alex Cora on a team like the Angels and he could rally the troops to become better. And I, I know that's not what they're looking for in manager of the year. They're looking for like statistical wins, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying Kevin Cash is a bad manager. Obviously, I fucking hated playing the Rays this year because there was something that they did to us. But I don't know if this year he was really the best manager in the American League. Really? the Yeah, really. Yep, really the best out of all AL managers. Yeah, I don't think so. But, I don't think so. You know, so. we're not the voters. We're uh, not the voters. Uh, to move over to Cy Young, the final but one. I do have to say, hold on, I did not mean to. Go ahead, off. go ahead. Aaron Boone got zero manager of the year votes. Wonder why. So everyone else knows he sucks. <laughs> Just saying. Can't um, wait for another three years of hell. Sorry, Cy Young. Um, so Cy Young, first of all, um, Cy Young is boring for the National League. Yeah. Again, the list from twenty from twenty eleven on, there's been six winners. Clayton Kershaw's won three. Max Scherzer's won two. Degrom's won two. Degrom won two. Scherzer's won two in the National League and won the American League. Like, it's just it's boring. It's unex- It's expected. Uh, <laughs> hey, you're the best pitchers in the league. Who cares? Yeah, we get it. Yeah, Fun ones that were team. in there. All right, Dickie and Jake Arietta, and then screw the person who did it last year. Yeah. Um, but the two winners, um, the AL winner was Robbie Ray, as we kind of already mentioned. Did you see the ballots? No, I didn't. Um, so pretty much it was that. For Robbie Ray to win, he got 29 first-place votes and one second-place vote, and Garrett Cole got one first-place vote and 29 second-place votes. So it really was. I mean, everybody knew that that was the only two. Yeah. They were the only two competing. Lance Lynn had nothing on him. No. Um, and then for the NL, we had Corbin Burns. Yeah. And not unexpected. No. He was absolutely elite. Um, fun fact, now with that um, – with that Cy Young going out, the 2014 Tigers are now the first team in MLB history to have five different Cy Young award, uh, award winners on their team. 
They just and Max Scherzer was the only one to win it on the team. That's so mean. Also, I did see something today. If we're gonna talk about the Tigers, they're not looking to spend three hundred million dollars on a shortstop, so they're out of the Carlos Correa conversation. Yeah. So those five pitchers were Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Rick Porcello, David Price, and Robbie Ray. Let's All were talk on that about team. Justin Verlander. Let's go to Justin Verlander. Could he have been? Could he have been the the fifth spot in our starting rotation? That was quickly shut the fuck down. In a few minutes, I thought it was happening, and I was like, "God, I don't fucking want Justin Verlander." And I was sitting and talking to my friend, and he was like, "Why wouldn't you want Justin Verlander?" His arguments were pretty bad. He was like, "Kate Upton would live in New York," and I said, "I don't think Kate Upton living in New York." No. He's also a Red Sox fan, so it doesn't count. But I was like, "He's just old." And right, there was there was all of this conversation about, oh, he he declined his qualifying offer from Houston. And Brandon Crawford is the only person that accepted his qualifying Brandon offer. Belt. Brandon, Brandon Belt. Brandon Belt. Yeah, not Brandon Crawford. Sorry. Um, Brandon Belt is the only one that accepted it. So you would assume that when Justin Furlander denied his qualifying offer from Houston, you're like, oh my God, he's going other places. Rumors of Yankee scouts being at his bullpens. I've stopped trusting Yankee Twitter because up until Yes Network came out with something, I was convinced we were trading for Matt Olson. I still don't know what's going on there, but whatever. Um, but the Justin Verlander thing seemed pretty positive. Jeff Passan was pretty positive that he was going to be a Yankee. And then all of a sudden, his fucking brother, Ben Verlander, who works for, I believe, CBS Sports. He has uh, a podcast. Fox, Fox Sports. Sports. Everybody yeah. freaking hates Ben Verlander. Everybody hates Ben Verlander. He's they always are like, here's Ben Verlander's sake. And everybody's like, we don't <laughs> care. <laughs> but then his brother fucking breaks the news. It's official. My brother is returning to the Houston Astros. And it's like a one-year $25 million deal, I think. 22. Yeah, one year 25. And you're just the like player option in the second year. You're like, this has been the longest day for you to just go back to the fucking Astros. Honestly, again, I agree with you. I didn't want him on the team, and it'd just be, it'd be a very similar to Garrett Cole, just older, just and a guy who throws than, hard. And you're I just think, like, okay. I think it's unfair if people were going to be okay with signing Verlander, but not okay with signing Correa. Also, because Verlander was very vocal about how it's like it's whatever, it's fine, get over it. We hated Justin Verlander. I don't forget it. We thought Justin Verlander had burner accounts. I don't forget. <laughs> go ahead. But, I mean, to go along with that, I mean, I guess to go along with our free agent pitching-wise and rumors that we have, people have said Robbie Ray because Robbie yeah. Ray is a free agent, not been picked up yet. The Yankees could pick him up, and honestly, it wouldn't be a terrible idea. We'd have a lefty who throws hard, but I still like Kluber being a righty who throws soft. But, you know, I, of course, you can't hate on having Robbie Ray, and that'd just be overpowered to have Cy Young 1 and Cy Young 2 um, on the same You play as the Dodgers have Cy Young 3 and Cy Young 2. Okay, good point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, Cy Young 5. And Cy yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, Talking about uh, pitchers getting signed, Detroit signed Erod for $77 million. Yes. Yes. The Tigers picked up their first man. <laughs> picked up their, actually decided maybe we want to win some games. Crazy. Um, let me just. That wouldn't be that strong. It's Erod. Uh- <laughs> well, I mean, his playoff performance was actually impressive. Like. like- we're talking about the Tigers here. Why are you bringing up playoffs? You're right. 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 Um, Jose Barrios and the Blue Jays agreed to a seven-year, one hundred and thirty million dollar extension. Mm-hmm. Seven years, one hundred and thirty. Honestly, which, that's a good deal. And it's, it's interesting. Three hundred and twenty-four million dollars on nine years of Garrett Cole. They got two it, years, two hundred thousand less dollars for a guy that is impressive. Not just it's also it's also interesting that they did that because he was a trade. Yeah, he was new to the team. He wasn't like he's been on the team. And they're like, yeah, you've been doing really good for us. They're like, yeah, you've been here for a month and a half, and we <laughs> like you. <laughs> uh, um, go ahead. 
And then I think the final big one is Noah Syndergaard on the move to the Angels. I think that was amazing. I wanted to see the reaction of all Met fans. Uh, everybody loved Noah Syndergaard. I did, Scotty. So one of the one of the talents on my team is a Mets fan. Um, and it was just like like to, it was like watching a disaster happen from afar, but you can't do anything about it. And you're just like, poor, poor soul. <laughs> but like they love him. And I mean he, again, he is in a very similar place. He had Tommy John. He's been out for the past two years. He had he one relief appearance this year, yeah. Two games, one one game, two games, one of those two. And I mean, he did he did yeah, he really didn't do much. Not that he did good, not that he did bad. He just there's only two games. Consistent. He really can't take anything from that. Um and yeah, the Angels like are taking a risk on him. And now, hey, look at that. The Angels actually have a second pitcher. Well, the Angels at the beginning of the offseason this year said that they were looking for two starting pitchers. So they're looking to actually make a play at the postseason. I'm gonna whisper that word. But um <laughs> I mean, Syndergaard said that he wanted to be a Met forever, which is so embarrassing to say out loud. <laughs> Imagine wanting to be a Met for life. Um, but what's wild is, I think I think the Syndergaard contact is contract is one year, twenty two million dollars. So Syndergaard declined the qualifying offer of eighteen point four million dollars, but the Mets would not go up two million dollars to keep him in New York. Yeah, one year, twenty-one million. Is... Twenty-one. So, like, they would not go. You couldn't. You couldn't match that. Yeah. That's that's embarrassing. <laughs> um, but like, that was I like didn't believe it when I saw it. I was like, are the are the Angels trying to win baseball games? But then I saw a tweet, and it was like it would be very Mets for Noah Syndergaard to go there and win Cy Young, but it would be also be very Angels. For him to go there and get hurt. So I don't know which is going to happen. Like, which which bad luck is it going to be? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not how it works. It only works. Um, it, it works. The Tigers and the Pirates can lose pitching that can be good. And then the Marlins lose the rest of the feeling that can be good. And then have, sorry, I know this has been a very long episode, but, and then hire Marcus Thames as your hitting coach. Yeah. Oh, um, finally, finally, um, another little free agent news that went around. Well, not news, just something that happened. Somebody went and made a comment about Marcus Stroman potentially coming to the Yankees, and he laughed at it. Honestly, I didn't want Marcus Stroman. Anyways, I don't care. But that was just... like has like... And I, I think there is beef between him and, like, the Yankee organization, but I don't know what it is, but he, like, will not drop it. And I don't know what the fuck happened. Is he bitter that we never signed him? Is he mad that we never looked at him? I don't know. But, like, grow up and get over it. It's, like, sometimes, and we talked about it, and I'm going to bring up his name, not because I want to talk about him, but last year, after Fernando Tati signed his contract, Trevor Bauer went on this whole big rant about how players should not get paid that much money. He hasn't shown that much. Get over it. Just because they didn't sign, nobody signed you to that money. Just because the Yankees didn't look at you, Marcus Stroman, get over it. Be an adult and get over it. You know, is it that hard? Are they that? Uh, they're 20 year old men. They are that. So, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. I answered my own question. But I did see that, and I was like, okay, now you're being dramatic. Anything that's else? All I have. Nope, that's all I have. Um, that's all I have, too. I'm not giving – I just want to say this really quick. I am not buying into these Matt Olson rumors um, simply because I have not seen a single credible source – talk about it. I think John Heyman might have tweeted once and said that the Yankees were inquiring about all free agent first basemen, including Freddie Freeman, which we all pretty much know, I think. I think we all know he's off the table. And I mean, he's just, I think it's interesting though that he is upping his price. He should! He did deny an offer. He des- declined a five-year 165 offer, I think. He wants a sixth year. That's what it is. Yeah. And I think that he has every 
he is the heart and soul of that Braves team. I don't mean to go off on a tangent here, but he is the heart and soul of that Braves team. And I think that if he wants six years, give him, give him it, give him it. Call me crazy, but I think he's worth it. MVP year, like three gold gloves, collection of all-star appearances. If anybody on that team deserves it, it is him. And if you don't give him the money, he doesn't want to leave, but he will. You have to recognize that he is your heartbeat of the team. You got to keep him. So pay the man the money. And that's how I'm going to end it. If you would like to keep up with us in the offseason, keeping track of all of the confirmed Yankee news, we will not be talking about Matt Olson until he is in Yankee clothes. Because I want Rizzo. That's um until then we will be getting you all the confirmed trade acquirings acquisitions that's the word um throughout the off season you can follow us on instagram at pinstripe.podcast for all of that and we will see you right back here next friday at 11 a.m for a new episode that scotty and i can record in person Woo! for one episode for, for a singular episode um but thank you so much for listening we love ya bye